Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Do you watch a people's court? Oh, yes, ma'am. Maybe not enough because I've been saying for the last 20 years that cash doesn't leave this hand without a receipt coming into this hand. Right. This is the plaintiff, Julia Tyson. She says she bought her old car back from the defendant, but when she got it, it reeked of pot, and the defendant never gave her the title back. Then, just last week, the defendant snuck onto her property and stole the car from her. This is a crazy back-and-forth case. She has no other choice but to sue her here for the $2,128.50 she's owed and hopes the judge sees things her way. This is the defendant, Kiara Sessions. She says the car's in her name. It's her car. And the plaintiff's causing her undue stress. That's right. If anyone's owed money here today, it's not the plaintiff. It's her. Bottom line, she's pretty sure the judge will see her side of things today. Because she has all the proof and evidence to show this car's hers, not the plaintiff's. She's accused of going back and forth. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. Be seated, come to order, please. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Julia Tyson, you are suing Kiara Sessions for $2,128.50 that you say she owes you for a vehicle. Let's hear from you first. What happened here? Okay. First, I purchased a uh, Toyota, but in the process, I sold Kiara. How uh, did you know Kiara? Okay, I knew her through her mother. Her mother and I used to work together. Also, okay. I used to work with her grandmother, too. Okay, so she needs a car and you're selling a car. Right. And you're selling a car, why? Well, because I had purchased, or I Another thought one. I purchased thought a you had purchased. What is okay. you thought you had purchased? Well, my paperwork, they put the wrong information down from what I gave them. So they falsified my, uh, my income. The car dealership. The Tower. car dealership falsified your income. Right. Okay. And I didn't find that. So you didn't get financing that you were expecting. Right. Yeah. So you sell her the car for how much? 500. How old was this car? It's 2002. 2002 what? Chevy Blazer. Chevy Blazer. At the time that we, that I 
sold it to Kiera. We did not do any paperwork, like a receipt or whatever. Why not? Trusting that she was like a well, you're the person buying a car without <laughs> knowing if you have a new yeah. car. But anyway, yeah. so I know why not. But all right, but I, but I there's just, no question she paid you $500. Right. And then you sold her the car. What'd you right. do with the car once you had it? Um, I began to drive it. Did you register uh, it in your name? I did. Did you insure it? I did. Okay. Is it presently in your name? It is. All right. And then at some point you realize you don't have financing and you want your car back. No, ma'am. Okay. What happened there? She called me and said, she said, well, Ms. Tyson, do, uh, do you want your car back? I said, no. I said, it wouldn't be fair to me to take the car back from you just because the other deal fell through. So she said, well, I already have a car. So keep you from being without transportation, I'll sell it back to you. Did that happen? No. What happened according to you? Well, what happened was she wow. called my mom um, and told my mom what happened, right. but she also reached out to me. Um, I felt bad, um, you know, for her. Um, she, I, she did ask, you know, could she have the car back? And I told her no, because I purchased, purchased the car with someone else and we'll be using it for a business. So the decision was not just on me. Um, when I talked to um, Shanikra, she said, you know, she Who's didn't Shanikra feel- Shanikra to you? She's my um, friend and also business partner. Come on up. And what business are you guys in? Um, it's a um, our energy drink company. Okay. So we would be using it to, you know, make deliveries mm -hmm. um, for the company. And I came to her about it. You know, I'm more of the one that's like, you know, well, she's not going to have a car. You don't need a reason for not wanting to return a car that you bought. You bought it. You registered <laughs> right. your name. You don't, you don't need to explain this to me any further. So right. what happens then? So I agreed to let her, you know, use the car in the meantime until she was able to get proper documents to finance another one. You know, feeling sorry for her. But it turned out that she really was trying to basically just trick me into getting the title back into her name because what she said was that she needed the title to be able to get insurance. Because I told her, I don't mind you driving it until you get another car, but I'm not going to pay for the insurance if I'm not driving it. She agreed that she was. Stop this picking. is so messy. Why, why return the car to her at all? Well, not return because it her, her Right, but her story is very different. She says, she, according to you, you bought back the car? Yes, she so she Who what happened? That? She called she called me. So when she called me and uh, said, "Do I want the car back?" I told her no. So then I how'd said, you get the car back? I, well, later on, she said, "Well, Miss Tyson, I got uh, I got a car. I I got a car, but to keep you from being without one, I'll sell it back to you." After she already went through the trouble of registering it and everything else? Right. All right, so according to you, she sells it back to you. You paid her how much? I end up paying her a total of a six, seven fifty. How come? Because the five hundred for the purchase? Five hundred for the purchase. And then she said on her title to get the tag, she had to pay two fifty. And so to keep just from going through a lot of mess, I just paid the seven fifty. Do you have a receipt for the seven fifty? No, ma'am. Only thing I have is a bank statement for the five. You know where I made a withdrawal. Well, that's better that than time. nothing. But uh, you know, uh, why wouldn't? Why would you let go of seven hundred and fifty dollars? Watch this. Did she give you seven hundred and fifty dollars? No. Did she give you five hundred? No. Did she pay you a penny when you returned that car to her in order to purchase it from you? No. Th this is the thing. When I sold her the car, we didn't exchange a receipt then. I thought when she sold it back, everything would run just as smooth. I know. 
I'm no, no. I mean, Get do you me. watch a people's court? Oh, yes, ma'am. Maybe Please. not enough, because I've been yeah. saying for the last 20 years that cash doesn't leave this hand without a receipt coming right. into this hand. Right. And she's looking at me right in the face and saying you didn't buy the car back. <laughs> in fact, what you end up doing is you take the car back from her, right? Because you well, got an extra it. key. Right. I took the car back because why, she, why did you take the car back? Because she stopped answering my calls. Tell, ask, tell me this. Why would you let her drive the, the car? Even? Because she is a friend of my mom's and I'm not just. How'd you feel about that? That was a car purchase for your business. <laughs> what, what she crashes it? Um, from the beginning, I told her no. I told her don't give the car back because, I mean, we got it at a good deal. We did our part um, as far as getting the insurance, getting it registered. So I felt like it was ours. And So now it's registered under your name and it's insured under your name. And then what if she has a car accident? Why would you give it to her at all? Did you say no, don't give it to her? I did, but here her heart is too good. Oh, it's always, whenever oh, someone God. does something stupid, they <laughs> always say, I mean, it's reckless. If you're a business owner, yeah, you need to make yeah. good decisions. It is reckless to do that, all right? So then it's registered right now under whose name? Under yours? Correct. All right, and then according to you, how long after you loan her the car are you saying you gotta return the car and she's ignoring you? Um, it was a couple of weeks later. Okay, and do you ever share that, hey, she's not returning the car with your friend here? Yeah, I told her. What did she say to you? She said, Miss um, Tyson is not returning my calls about the car. And I'm like, Kiera, why did you give her the car? We, you know, the back and forth. Oh, so that was that a surprise to you that she had ended up giving her the car? Yes. Oh. It was. It was a surprise because I tried to talk her out of doing it because I just didn't feel like it was a good idea anyway. Um, and so when she told me she wasn't answering, I'm like, so, so what are we going to do about it? And what did you decide? You decided you'd find where the car was and use your extra key and take it back. Right. All right. And did the police get involved? I called the police. And then the police come and what did the police say? And the police told me since I don't have a receipt or title that nothing I can do about it. I had to play it out in court. Mm -hmm. When I originally had the Chevy, I kept it in good condition. It may not have looked like Dolly Parton on the outside, but it ran like Dolly Parton. How <laughs> <laughs> never look on the outside. <laughs> When do you say you, okay, first of all, when do you say you bought it back? Gen in January. It, it, it was in January. Right, but do you understand the withdrawals that you are circling are February 4th? That's the exchange of the money where I went and withdrew it out of the bank. To right, but how do I heart. not know that these are just regular withdrawals? Because compared to the uh, time. Well, the time is off. If you sold it back oh. to her in January, these are circled in February. No. I so how would I know that I think these I, didn't are... I, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, here's our last text message. And I was through about playing with her bad thing. Oh, you have texts? I got this. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Give me all the texts you okay. got. I want to see it right in the phone. This right here. Got tired of going back and forth about the title. Also, here's a... And, and what this time is, and where? Just a minute. Okay. Bring other key. I need it. Mm -hmm. Why would she say that? Okay, so this is the thing. She was basically telling me that in order for her to get insurance in her name, that she had to switch the vehicle back into her name. My mom told me that she felt like that was just a, 
a trick, a ruse to get that the car was a way back to get name. the title back in her name so that I wouldn't get it back. Okay. So then she said she then she said that she was having issues, but she was basically saying that she felt like the other key worked better in the car. And so I just and kept then once like, you got bring the other key I needed. I'm like, why she? But you she just started to think it seemed tanky. Welcome back to the People's Court. Harvey Levin here. So, good idea, bad idea for a friend to sell another friend his or her used car. I say terrible. Why? Because there could be something wrong with it. You can't always trust the person. And like, what if something happens? Can you blame them? That just gets awkward. And what, do you, like... what do you say? I think it's the worst idea ever. Ever? <laughs> never do money between friends. It's never a good idea. Any transaction. You're going to be the tiebreaker. I completely agree. It's the worst idea. Why? If something goes wrong with the car, the friend could get mad about it. It could ruin the relationship. But that's on the friend, right? I mean, if, the, if, if you're reasonable and you're selling the car, it's on the friend, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would, would stick I with would, I would stick with it's the worst idea. I wouldn't take the chance. OK, good. We're going inside the courtroom. On your lawsuit against her, you don't have a receipt for buying the car right. back. You don't have proof of a January withdrawal. You just have and these could be withdrawals for anything. That doesn't mm -hmm. prove to me that you bought the car back. Mm -hmm. When someone buys a car back, mm -hmm. they have a title signed mm -hmm. over to them, just mm -hmm. like you did for her. Mm -hmm. And they they should have some paperwork, but OK, you don't. You didn't have the paperwork. There should be some trail that shows that you bought the car back. I've got a very strong story there that why on earth would they sell you the car back? They're not, I don't want to sell you. They got a good deal. They got a reason they want it. They don't want the car to be sold back to you. The circumstances under which it gets taken back kind of show to me that, you know, what are they going to do? Steal a car that they sold you? And then you naturally assuming that she had taken the car back and instead of calling the police because I you have a stolen car, it's kind of weird. I but the bottom line is it's a simple okay. case. You need to prove you bought the car back and you can't. So my verdict in this case is for the defendant. Wow. Wow. Come on. So it ends up a zero, zero tie, really, effect here in the people's court. Ms. Tyson, yeah. you'll step over here. What do you think of the judge's decision now? You, you, you lost, totally. Yeah, but if she... Presented all the evidence. What do I need a title? You, you need. I mean, wait, wait a minute. Why would I need a title to get insurance? Bottom line is, uh, the car's in her name. I know and it. And you couldn't prove you bought it back. Yeah. You didn't have proof. But she didn't have proof that she bought it for me. I know. Neither one of you had the evidence. <laughs> you know? that nobody wrote receipts right. or anything. So, but that, that's okay. That, well, yeah. That's what the yes. judge believed. You know, see, she didn't even let me show where I went to try to get she, the title. She didn't need it. She didn't need it. All right. Okay. I'm sorry it ended up That's that way for you. You know, I don't know what's going to happen now. Here comes Miss Sessions. You know, she's been friends with your grandmother going a long time going yeah. back. Yeah, and my mother as well. Yeah, and your mom. Yeah, and I have a sensitive spot for older people, but she just taught me that older people can, you know, be a little fraudulent, and she's just a, a older fraud queen, if you ask me. Okay. Thank you very much. No Sorry problem. it ended up this way for you, okay? Thank you. No, I'm happy. I, I won. I'm good. Okay. I'm going to get it washed tonight. Thank, Thank you. you. Going to get it washed tonight. Good for you. We'll have a clean car. Harvey? Okay, well, I agree with everybody back here that it's a bad idea to sell to a friend generally, but if you're going to do it, what you should do is both of you go to a mechanic, a neutral mechanic who can look at the car and lay out, here's what's wrong with it, if anything, so it's eyes wide open. And that will do it for this case. Litigants, for the next case on the way into the courtroom, right now. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, 
answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. These are the plaintiffs, William and Nancy Phillips. William says this is a case of a landlord taking advantage of his tenants and trumping up bogus damages in order to withhold security. He and his wife did complete a walkthrough with the defendant, and just because they moved out of state doesn't mean they're not willing to fight to get their money back. The defendant's an unscrupulous landlord. They once had the displeasure of renting from him. Now they're suing him for the return of the $2,715.86 they say they're owed. This is the defendant, Donald Tao. He says he had to buy a new dishwasher for the unit because the plaintiffs broke the one that was there during their tenancy. He had to make other repairs to damaged walls, smoke detectors, and switch plates because it wasn't going to pass inspection from the Board of Health. Even though the plaintiffs failed to give him proper notice, he returned a good portion of their security and simply doesn't owe them any more of it. He's accused of taking too much money. All parties, please use your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiffs moved out of the defendant's apartment and then moved out of state. But they are back because they say the landlord stole their security. Now, the defendant says there were all sorts of damage, including busted smoke detectors. It's the case of smoke gets in your security. Thank you, Douglas. William Phillips and Nancy Phillips. Okay, you are suing your former landlord, Donald Tao, for $2,715.86 that you say he owes you for wrongfully withholding a portion of your security deposit. Tell me what happened. Uh, yes, Your Honor. Um, back in July uh, 31st, we'd scheduled, that was our move-out date. Okay, you had lived there how long? We lived there since uh, August of 2009. Okay. And um, the two of you and anyone else? Uh, our teenager daughter lived with us, as well as our uh, two-year-old son and our five-year-old daughter. Full house. No problems between anybody until move out. No problems all right. at all. And what was, is this an apartment, a, a house? What is it's it? It's a townhouse, Your Honor. A townhouse. Okay. So on July 31st is move out date. What happens? So on July 31st, uh, we scheduled a, a time with which the defendant was going to come to the home and do a walkthrough. Um, I made sure I checked all the appliances, all the fixtures in the house. Okay. And what does he say to you during the walkthrough? Um, he says that he noted that there were some stains on the carpet. He said, were there? Uh, yes, there was a couple of stains, no more wear and tear on the carpet. I mean, we, but we made sure these stains came out and I painted because he requested that we paint, paint the basement area. There was an issue with the painting because the paint peeled from the walls. The paint the, that you had put on? Yes. So I explained to him, listen, I understand that the paint peeled as you can see, certainly whatever it takes to address it, fine. But during the walkthrough, 
the defendant checked all the appliances. That included the dishwasher, which my wife activated to make sure it was running. Did you get a letter from him saying what he was keeping a portion of your security deposit for? What's his complaint? Uh, yes, he, he provided us uh, a letter. Um, September 7th, we received a FedEx package in the mail. I you signed moved out it. when? July 31st? July 31st, yes. And in the package, he Well, let had... me ask the defendant. Mr. Tao, what is it that is the reason that you kept the security deposit? I noted um, the damages. And what are the damages, according to you? Uh, due to the conditions that the home was not presented back in the original condition. Okay, home, such as, what are the damages according to you? It, it needed substantial work to remedy the walls, okay. The walls, walls of the basement. Yes. All right, and he acknowledges that, that the paint was peeling from the walls of the basement because he didn't do it right. Right. Okay. Is this a finished basement? Yes. Okay. It, it's not actually a basement. It's a three-story townhome. So it's a living space. It's not a oh, basement. Okay. It's ground level. Ground level, okay. This is a document you send on August 31st, and it just calls, it just says exit damages. PC Richards, let's talk about that. That's the broken dishwasher. That's now tell correct. me about that, because according to them, they turned the dishwasher on so you could see it's working. That's what, that's what you say, right? Is that true or not true? Uh, it was not fully tested. What does fully tested mean? Uh, run through a cycle. Okay, so didn't, what didn't happened demonstrate. later? Somebody complained? Yes, so the exit uh, was on July 31st, and on the 1st, uh, had a new tenant come in with the Board of Health, and the tenant complained that there was a foul smell out of the dishwasher. How old was the dishwasher? Um, approximately seven and a half years. Okay. And then, so what'd you do? You bought a new dishwasher. I had no choice because she had infants and they wanted to wash the bottles and because as, as a new tenant. Right, I, but why would they have to pay for that? They, I don't, I, I think it's the, the right thing to do right, because right. at $610, the repairs are gonna, might cost you as much as that, that so it's correct. silly. That's right. But why do they have to pay for as that? As per the lease, they are responsible for maintaining and all appliances. How do you appliances. maintain a dishwasher? It wasn't draining, it was foul smell. There was mold inside. What, what exactly do you think they did that would cause them to have to pay $610 for a brand new dishwasher for you and your tenant? My issue is this, if she had notified me this prior. Notified you what? She didn't smell it. Did you ever smell a foul smell? Never. Never. Okay. And I, my daughter, she's 18, she's in the other room, but she wrote a statement stating- Why did you know, she come out here? Because she's got the two, two, the two small children. ones out oh, there. Oh, she's with the two small ones? Right. Yeah. Why'd yes. they all come out? Oh. <laughs> um, that'd be a disaster. So if there are stains in the carpet, is that considered normal wear and tear where the tenant doesn't have to pay for the carpet? Uh, absolutely not. Um, you know, entering, like when you first get to a home, it's... You gotta leave it, you gotta leave it the way you found it? Exactly, and that's, that's the entire purpose of a security deposit. And if there is any wear and tear, regardless of where it is, it should be taken from that. What do you say? I feel if there is, it's part of wear and tear also. That's the question. Right. It is, is a stain wear and tear? Well, it could be. It depends what kind of stain it is also, you know. You're sounding like a lawyer to me. What do you say? <laughs> I say it's um, on the tenant to go rent a, you know, a rug cleaner and clean it out. And if you can't clean it out? You can't clean it out, then it should be taken out of your deposit. Fair enough. Going inside the courtroom. I've gone over with you the walls of the ground floor. He doesn't even dispute that, okay? But now, what I'd like to do is I think I want you to come over here so you sure. can explain to me each picture. That's probably the best way. So this is the ground floor. That's We've right. talked about that. What are you showing me here? The cable. That's the cable you're complaining about. Any cable that was in the bedrooms has been nailed across the, the running boards, things like neatly fashioned. So what are you talking about? Just that it had to be stapled back to the baseboards? 
Simple, stable, and I also showing the, the wall condition. Okay, what do you want me to see in that picture? Um, this is the back of the door. There's an open receptacle, electrical receptacle. Open electrical receptacle. And what is this a picture of? Uh, this is mold from ground floor from this room into the... Yeah, but where's laundry. the mold coming from? Uh, but why would a tenant... What is it you think they did wrong that would make them have to pay to repaint that or scrape that or Clorox that or whatever it is you ended up doing? I don't know what they were doing, no but way. it wasn't the condition that it was left. This is missing. That's What's right. this? Um, this is the garage. This is a garage door. It's a big opening here. Why is that hole in the garage? Your Honor, we had already advised Mr. Tao an animal got into the garage and tried to escape. We believe it was a raccoon or squirrel. Did you ever show them pictures of your complaints or you just said, here, I'm taking your money? I mean. I, I actually didn't even want a nickel dime though. I well, just, I don't know about that. I, I mean, you've got pictures of, of a $6 <laughs> outlet. Go ahead and show that to him. I don't know if you're not nickel and dining them after nine years with no problems. Which, which okay. one is this, honey? And again, you're, I, don't, I don't even know which receptacle this is. Which, the which garage. The garage? Yeah, garage. inside of the house. What's this? Oh no. Uh, the toilet, this was broken. The flusher is, is the, broken. The handle, the handle. The handle's broken. Yes. Okay. What do you want me to see there? Uh, that is the upstairs bathroom. They failed to notify me that this outlet was not working and the light was not working. Are you serious? Yes. And what did you do to fix it? I had to replace the GFI circuit. Hold on. And they should pay for that? Why? As tenants? Because they failed to report it to any damage. What, if they reported it, what would you do? I exactly what you it. Right, exactly. Which and is it would have been my ended. responsibility. No problem. Wait, wait. So how did it get worse by them not reporting it? It's the same exact fix. The fix is correct. It's the same. Right. So why would they have to pay for that? Failed to notify me. Failing to notify you about a leak that turns into a flood. The reason why failing to notify is so critical is because the leak, which was a tiny thing, turned into a flood, which was a big thing. How is failing to notify you a light doesn't work? How did it make it worse for you to do a repair? Didn't make if it they're work. tenants and they call you and they say, hey, the toilet flusher's not working, what would you have done? Fix it. Would you have charged them? No. Oh. Go ahead and go back to the lectern. If I may, Your Honor? Yeah. With regard to the repair of the, the light fixture that the defendant is talking about, we have a text message where we advised him that there was an issue with the outlet. You actually told him about that one? Since we moved in, we never had that out. We never working. had it working, and we told him prior Show to that. Show me the text. But we had a text on the 17th, on the July 17th, that it was a problem. It wasn't Show working. Show me the text. I want to see the text. He says that failure to notify. I want to see how you notified um, him anyway. This. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, yes, I forgot. The second bathroom, remember the outlet and light fixture never work. And here's, we were here's, fine all these years and not using it, but you might, might want to have it fixed for the next tenant. Um, do you not remember that? I do not. Okay. What's your position on normal wear and tear? Normal wear and tear. Do you feel that they are allowed after eight years or however long they were in there, that there's some amount of stuff that might be considered, quote, normal wear and tear? Yes, I, I would agree. What amount was withheld? $1,332.13? Is that correct? That's correct, Your Honor. You're suing for double that because under New Jersey law, if a landlord uh, is wrongfully withholding an amount, it entitles you to double the amount that was wrongfully withheld in order to assure that landlords don't wrongfully withhold. 
I gotta tell you, I've rented a lot of apartments and I've leased, I've rented out a lot of apartments. I've been both tenant and landlord. And I, I am kind of surprised that it got to this with a, a family that lived there for eight years with absolutely zero events. Had the amount withheld been a little more reasonable, we wouldn't be here. He knows that you got to repaint the, the, the ground floor because he knows he didn't paint it right. But subjecting them to the suggestion that they have to buy a new dishwasher to replace an eight-year-old dishwasher that apparently wore more than that, it could be more than that, is just crazy. It is the essence of nickel and diming. So I am going to allow you to keep a certain amount for the paint that what you should have kept for that is much more akin to $600 instead of over double that. I am deducting that from the amount that you kept and finding that you unlawfully kept $732. Pursuant to New Jersey law, I am doubling that and ordering you to return, ironically, $1,464, which is more than what he had kept of the security deposit. Let me also point out one other thing. You have 30 days to send that letter. You sent it on August 31st, which is already past, just so you know, past the 30 days. You know, they didn't defend on that. I'm not touching that that much. I'm just trying to get to the truth of the matter. But as a landlord, you have to send that within the 30 days. And you were actually one day late, so I just wanted to point that out to you. I'm finding in favor of the plaintiffs in the amount of $1,464. Well, the judge finds for the plaintiff and awards them some 14, a little over $1,400. Uh, and I think she really does feel that you were nickel and diming them. How do you respond to that? It's, it's, you know, I understand about the dishwasher. If I was notified prior, I have no problem replacing or repairing. But because they didn't notify me, and, and about the paint. I mean, when somebody lives in an apartment for eight years, isn't it kind of automatic that you, the landlord repaints the apartment before uh, you they re had, rent it? They had promised that the house would be immaculate condition. Uh, otherwise, I would have had the whole house repainted. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you got to give them back 1400 and some dollars. I'm okay. Okay, good enough. All right. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Now, Mr. and Ms. Phillips are on their way out of the courtroom. You didn't get the double you were saying. Oh, well, you did get double, but only... $1,400, not the 20 right, some right. you That's were seeking. Fine. You okay? With I, I that? mean, I, I'm comfortable with it. I mean, again, our issue was, you know, to be vindicated to some degree. And do you feel that way happy. now? I do, absolutely. Good for I you. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank I'm going to sign some documents on your way out of the courtroom. Harvey? Okay, Doug, well, the judge mentioned that the defendant was late in sending the tenant a letter saying how much that he was going to dock them. That letter outlining what's being withheld is really important to do within the time frame that the state allows, and landlords can really get nailed if they don't follow it. And that will do it for this case. Litigants, for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Elaine Bynum. She says she referred people to the defendant's CPR class and was promised a referral fee of $10 a person. She worked very hard, actually got 432 people from a nanny group to attend the defendant's classes. The defendant double-crossed her, however, because she hasn't paid her in full for the referrals. And she's here suing her for the $3,320 she still owes.
This is the defendant, Jennifer Pollack. She says she doesn't owe the plaintiff any more money than the 1000 bucks she's already paid her. The plaintiff should be happy she got paid anything at all because she never sent her any students. She just gave her a phone number to a nanny organization. The sad woman's just hard up for money. This lawsuit has no merit, and she thinks the judge will agree. She's accused of ripping off a referrer. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff referred people to the defendant's CPR class and says that a lot of people came and she got stiffed. But the defendant says she's already given the plaintiff a grand, so back off. It's the case of you flunked cardio. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Bynum, you are suing Ms. Pollock for $3,320 in referral fees that you say you are due, and she has not paid you. Tell me what's going on here. I'd like to first uh, inform you how I met the defendant. I used to do parties. She used to do parties. Of Are you talking about events. promotional stuff for That pay? is correct. Okay, okay so i uh, bringing you up to speed now. September the 3rd, 2016. Um, she was invited as well as five other people. One of the additional people, person is my witness uh, to a presentation of my own personal business. At, that, uh, pr at the end of the presentation, uh, the defendant decided that she would make an announcement about what it is that she did as a side, side job. She stated at that time she would be willing to pay anyone in the audience, that audience of five people, because she gave a CPR class. If you referred uh, groups, uh, individuals, or organizations, she would pay $10 per person who attended and took the CPR class that she was given. Was there a written contract between you two? It was only verbal. Is, are there any texts or emails regarding it? I do have uh, a few texts in which she speaks back and forth to me about the payment agreement. Okay, that... let me see those texts. Okay, very well. While she's looking for that, let me ask you, what is it you do? You, have, you run a CPR, are you actually certified? Yes. And are you the one who teaches the actual course or you yep. have other people teaching it? I teach the actual course. Okay, so you go to this event and you announce that if anybody brings me business, I will pay you $10 a head? What I announce is that I allow people to host CPR classes. What that means is they bring the students, they provide the place, and they collect the money. Yeah, and but that's not what happened between you and, and, and uh, Ms. Bynum, right? No, that's not what happened. Right, but you paid Ms. Bynum a bunch of money, even though that's not what happened, She's right? She's very slick. She's slick, okay. So she, so you had those classes, and you and Ms. Bynum apparently connected you with a uh, a nanny service, correct? She connected me with a lady named Fern, who works for a nanny service. How much in total to date have you paid Ms. Bynum? $2,310. Right. You thought it was $1,000, but I guess you had a chance to take a closer look at it. All it's right. $2,310 that you paid yes. her. All right. So. You didn't say at dollar one, wait, you're supposed to provide a venue. Wait, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. Uh, when did you get sick of paying her? I didn't get sick of paying her. At around June 2017, the lady who hosts the class, she asked me, she said, uh, your friend Elaine keeps calling me, asking me how many people are taking the class. I said, but Elaine is supposed to be getting the people. The lady asked me, why does she keep calling, asking how many people? Does she have the right to do that? I said, no. She said she was your business partner. I said, she's not my business partner. She told me she worked with you. 
So right there, I knew that she wasn't bringing in any people. The way that she was getting the information of how many people were in the class is before the class, she would call the lady to find out what day. She would follow the lady's uh, group on Facebook to see her promoting the classes. I have copies of that. She finds out what day the classes are to be. And then during the class, she would text the lady and ask how many people were in the class. After the class, she would text me and say, oh, you should have had about 20 people today, making me think that she had something to do with the people being in the group. See, you know, the question here, I understand both of your positions. Your position is, hey, she wouldn't have these referrals if it weren't for me. And your position is she made one phone call and it's someone else doing the referrals. I have all of Copy Are you paying that, that person the $10? That person gets, actually, she gets $20 per person. When did that happen? That's been going on. Uh, I just, when I went on the site, when the court case came up, so I wanted to see the lady advertising, I went on the site and I found out that she's charging $60 per And then person. you're only getting how she's much? She gives me, uh, before it was $25, and now she gives me $35 per person. Okay. So how do you prove that um, that you earned the referral fee. It seems tough. I would assume when they fill out the application for the class, it'd be a box to put your name as a referral on there. What if they don't do it? What if they just don't do it? Um, they should. There's. It's no way to prove it. Besides, it's that. really hard going inside the courtroom. According to you, the other individual is the one who does the advertising and brings people in. Yes, I have copies. And of who sets the date of it? Uh, we both work it out. I have texts of that, too. Does she have anything to do with picking Absolutely the date? nothing. Who registers the students for it? Uh, the Lady Fern. Okay. May I elaborate? Yeah. I, I okay. mean, it sounds to me... Look, it's very clear. I don't think you guys disagree on the facts. You know, it's just that you want me to interpret your verbal agreement one way, she wants me to interpret it another way. She wants me to interpret it as who specifically are you signing up? And you want me to interpret it as anything derivative of it goes to you $10 a head too, because you're the one who hooked her up with Fern, right? That's how you want me to interpret it. And, and you want me to interpret it differently. I, well, to a degree, yes. But it's, but like, in other words, if you are not obtaining the names of each person, like until when did you think this agreement would go on? Like even, uh, you know, there are agency contract commission contracts and they have a beginning, a middle and an end. You know, you can't have an in perpetuity. Um, yours is completely verbal. There is no beginning, middle and end. So all I can do is look at it and say, is this what the party's intended? That you want correct. me to interpret into a, a blanket saying to five people, I'm going to pay you $10 a head for every student you bring me. You want me to interpret that, that if you connect her with someone else, that you get $10 of whatever that person brings her forever. That's how you want me. To, where's the end to this? No, you know? ma'am. I'm not expecting you to interpret it that way. I am expecting that... Um, it be interpreted the way she stated, which was... Which is, when does it end? I want to ask you that question. It ends when it does not... It's not a residual income. It's for right then and there. So the groups, I do have... I'm sorry. If this, if this nanny group continues to... Ten years from now, if that nanny group is still doing classes, you still get it. I do not expect why to be would, paid... Why not? Because when does it's it not end? residual. It's for that introduction of this group. I don't Those know what that means, it's not residual. If this same group... Ten years from now, brand, brand new, new people... people uh, but from that same nanny group... My group. 
No, yes. I, I, the answer is yes. Then there is no end to your to your commission, and even if the situation changes, which at the beginning when you when you first started uh, with this group was Fern taking a cut. Uh, yes, but I did. I didn't know. I never. You didn't asked, know she was taking a cut. No, I never asked what she was charging. And, and then, then you I found saw, out, boy, there's all kinds of stuff you don't but, know, huh? But she's the one that, yes, I found out a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> and see how she keeps referring it to as her group, her group. I, when I say group, I mean you bring in a group of students, not you go to a group on Facebook and watch and see what other, other people are advertising I and then find out. Yeah. It's a, a group on Facebook. It's, you don't belong to a nanny group. I do so. My name is on that group list. Okay, right. guys, guys, we're done. Um, it, it, this is a really, I have to tell you, it is kind of a close case. I, I really wish that you guys had had some kind of written contract that explained a little more fully what the agreement was between you two. But uh, the idea that you could place one call and then get commissions from it forever, it's not that that can't happen. It's that usually that understanding is very clear between the parties in a written contract, if that's your intent. Um, because when somebody stands up and says, I'll give you $10 a head for every student you sign up, it means I'll give you $10 a head for every student you sign up. So I can understand why she felt, wow, man, this gravy train was going on for $2,300. It's enough already. And listening to the two of you, I'm not going to read in something that is pretty constricting, which is what you're asking me to read in, that she agreed forever to, to, to pay you $10 a head for what somebody else did. I'm not gonna read that in there, and my verdict in this case is for the defendant. Thank you. So, and what the judge admitted was a very close case. The defendant prevails. Elaine, the plaintiff has just come out of the court. You know your problem here. You didn't have anything written. Oh. You, didn't you get that from the judge? I, I got that from the judge. I mean, yes, if I you'd had it written something down there in concrete, then she could read it and you could, you know, Stick Other than my that. text, yes, yeah, I got that. It just, that was your problem. It's okay. I still believe in the process, due process. Okay. Well, you did get some money. Um, she said she paid you over $2,300. Uh, which was a lie, but it's okay. I believe no, in the process. That's what she said. The okay. judge is here to make the right the wrong. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you feel that way. Yes, most definitely. Most people don't when they lose. So good for you. All right. Ms. Pollock has come out. Are you, are you getting in it? any agreements with any other person like this or not? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Not like that. So the the thing here is, if you do again, a contract would be a huge help. Would you yes, agree? Something agree. on paper. Yes, she was trying to pimp me. She was. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, she lost. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. You must sign some documents out there. Harvey, contract, big help, right? You know, I got to tell you, Doug, you should almost keep a list of all the people that you give referrals to, and then at least you have the name to prove it if it comes to pass. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.